Support for Starting Small comes from Human Scale, the leading designer and manufacturer of high-performance ergonomic products that help create a healthier work life. All of the products from chairs to standing desk and more are comfortable, easy to use, and sustainable, and great for either the office or the work from home environment. With an increase in shifting workplaces, comfort can be especially hard to find. As I run the podcast, I'm in front of my desk for hours a day, from scheduling, researching, interviewing, and more. Human Scale allows me to remain productive without the consequence of body stress to follow. Make sure to check out Human Scale at humanscale.com and use code STARTINGSMALL at checkout to save 20% off your purchase. That's code STARTINGSMALL at humanscale.com and enjoy the episode. Hello and thank you for tuning in to Starting Small, a podcast about brand development, entrepreneurship, and innovation in the modern world. In this episode, I'm joined by Kevin McRae, founder of Kevin's Natural Foods clean, ready-to-eat entrees, sauces, and seasonings. Kevin battled a severe autoimmune disorder for years. He turned paleo when conventional medicine wasn't working, and that lifestyle change was both the cure and the motivation needed to start Kevin's Natural Foods. Being in over 6,000 retail locations nationwide, along with selling D2C, Kevin's Natural Foods is forecasted to do 100 million in sales this year. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Starting Small. Today, I'm joined by Kevin McRae of Kevin's Natural Foods. Kevin, thank you so much for joining me today. Hey, Cameron, thanks for having me on. Of course. So I want to start out with your upbringing. So where did you grow up and what was your childhood like? So I grew up in California in a small town called Orangevale, which is outside of Sacramento. And my upbringing was uh, very, I'm very fond of my upbringing. I loved it. It was great. Um, I had, <laughs> I had a very typical uh interests, um, sports and, um, you know, friends, family trips involved, you know, traveling around California, things like Disneyland and camping in Truckee. Um, you know, looking back on it, my, my folks were great at, uh, giving me structure and responsibility. I had a, uh, a long list of chores that I had to complete every week and I was expected to get good grades and, um, you know, be home for, for family dinner. Um, some of my, some of my best memories. Yeah. And, you know, one of the most unique aspects of my of my upbringing is I my my dad is an entrepreneur. So he had a, a small business, commercial refrigeration business. And so I kind of I had a front row seat to what it takes to, to own and operate a business day to day. Um, I draw on that, you know, every, every single day in my in my life now. Yeah. Um, running my own. And then even even on my mom's side, uh, she um, she worked for a mortgage company and she started with that company when they were three to four people and they grew to be hundreds of people and I, wow. I knew uh, most of the the originals like family and uh, met a lot of great mentors there and even were, was able to call on some of those relationships and, and get some good advice after college so in the early days you know work was work was important to me and it's been an important part of my life um, all the all the way to where where I am now awesome so Growing up, would you would you say that you had an entrepreneurship mindset? Say, sell any products or just a classic lemonade stand or anything like that? You know what's funny is I'd say the entrepreneurial kick uh, hit a bit in college, um, but in in high school, not really. I mm-hmm. I did I'd say learn to value work uh, in the early days. Uh, I I got a job the second I could when I was sixteen and never stopped working since. A restaurant job, by the way, which I recommend for every young person, such a good place to start. It's dynamic and for sure. you learn a lot of uh, important skills. Um, 
but by the time I got into college, um, I started getting getting that itch. Uh, I was a I was a personal trainer. That's how I um, paid for paid for college and paid my way through school. And uh, that was the first time I was able to um, kind of start going off on my own and thinking about how to manage. You know, my at that time it was a service based business, so it was my own book of business, uh, my own generate, uh, you know, get my own clients and equipment and, and, and train folks. So that was my first kind of dabble with business. Awesome. So I saw that you went on to San Diego State University. What did you study there? I studied marketing. Okay. And then were you involved with any athletics or clubs? You said personal training, um, athletics or clubs were, was that involved too? You know, not not really. Um, most of most of the time was spent on school and work. I had a uh, a pretty grueling um, work schedule involved early mornings, and then um, and then you know how it is in in school. There's uh, <laughs> attending lectures and yeah. staying up homework. So it was mostly mostly school and work focused. What would you say was your overall experience like in college? You know, college was really useful. Um, mm-hmm. I talked to folks that have mixed reviews on what they were able to apply from from college and uh, later on in their careers. For me, San Diego State had a great business program. They taught you the basics really well. Um, from a marketing standpoint, I had a grasp on what you need uh, to, to feel comfortable in most situations related to um, moving on and advancing a career in marketing, you know, brand positioning, and did, they did a really good job on helping you frame business objectives uh, versus communication objectives and, um, you know, build marketing programs. And so I had a, I had a really positive experience um, there. And then just learning and starting to work and deal with people more um, in college uh, through personal training. It was, it was amazing how, uh, how much you're able to learn just in a couple of years of working. So um, overall, great experience. It actually, I had a, my first kind of brush with adversity was, um, when I got, I actually got really sick in college. Mm. So that, which ultimately led to uh, Kevin's Natural Foods in a roundabout way. Wow, amazing. So yeah, following college then, um, prior to Kevin's Natural Foods, what kind of jobs did you end up working? So from there, I got what I considered, at least for my path, the best job right out of college. I went to work for an ad agency back, back home in Sacramento. And I absolutely loved it. I was obsessed with it. If you would have asked me then and asked me to fast forward 30 years, I would still be in advertising. And it was great for a few reasons. Um, it, was, uh, it, it, it was great for someone who's young and getting into a business environment because you get to peek into a lot of different companies. So you're, yeah. you're working on advertising, offering services to multiple companies. And so you get to um, you know, see different industries and in in the advertising world there's just a sense of uh i don't know advancement and personal growth i just mm-hmm. think it was a very competitive in a good way type of place uh, that agency that i worked at tons of great mentors people that i still call on today and um also just a lot of fun you, it was really easy to uh have a good time and you're always talking about um, marketing strategy and messaging strategy at you know aspects of business that tend to be really interesting and high level um, as opposed to always being in the weeds all the time like you are when you typically start in in your career uh, right out of college so yeah that was a fantastic experience and, and like a lot of other people each each experience just kind of rolled into the next one at, at the right time so um, 
when I was at the ad agency, one of our one of our biggest customers was a supermarket chain uh, out here in in California, and uh, ultimately I got a job there, um, which was kind of phase two of my career, my first um, client side job or uh, uh, you know a career not not in an outside service firm, mm-hmm. and a uh, it was a, another great experience. I went from um, managing four people to managing forty, and I had a larger budget to deal with. And I, for the first time ever, I was dealing with a large, large organization with a lot of layers. And, Hmm. um, that was again, fantastic experience, uh, was able to grow and expand my network. Um, and then ultimately I bumped into the individual that, uh, I started Kevin's with, um, Hmm. and, and that led to, (laughs) led to the next phase in this journey. Amazing. So, yeah, let's get into Kevin's and the branch off from where you were previously at. So you were at this um, local market at the time when Kevin started. Was that correct? No, I had uh, I had moved on. So they were that that's local supermarket chain. Um, let's see, I was there. I had uh, moved on to take on a, a really exciting, uh, fun consulting project um, okay. with Harley Davidson, and that was that was great. It was a it was a branding brand strategy and retail project that I worked with another firm on and I was uh, looking for the next big thing and I had met uh, Dan Costa who's the co-founder and um, CEO actually of Kevin's um, we, we run the company together um, he had actually I met him when I was at Save Mart and he had an idea for uh, a meal kit company mm. and after uh, he heard that I was on the market he got in touch with me and said do you want to team up and um, help me launch this meal kit company and he had this amazing, uh, amazing background and history in the food business and was, um, had a great track record for, for growing companies. And uh, I told him, I don't, I didn't know anything about food manufacturing, <laughs> um, but I had some experience in marketing and branding. Yeah. And he said, yeah, I don't worry about it. I, I know food manufacturing and uh, I, I love what you do. So why don't you join the team and, and I'll show you the rest. And so that uh, that was that's what got me got me into food manufacturing. And over time, I guess I guess where where Kev, where Kevin's comes from, there's there's kind of two parallel paths uh, happening. One we kind of put a bookmark in. That was when I was in when I was in college. Uh, I got I got sick with an autoimmune disorder that that uh, gosh the first time nearly killed me. It was um, mm. out of the blue. I was a completely healthy individual. And with a lot of autoimmune disorders, they present themselves uh, in what what's like a flare-up is what they call where you get an onset of symptoms and different different disorders have different symptoms. Mm-hmm. But I started getting these flare-ups with these awful symptoms that would put me in the hospital for like weeks at a time. And the doctors didn't know, um, A, what was triggering the symptoms uh, or the flare-ups or B, what what how to prevent them. They knew how to treat them and they, and they knew what the disorder was, but they didn't know how to prevent them. So for years and years, I was in and out of the hospital dealing with these flare-ups like every four to six months or so. And mm-hmm. after I graduated, actually while I was at the, the ad agency, I, um, I had read that the paleo diet was good for managing autoimmune disorders. And so I gave it a shot and it completely did the trick for me for whatever reason wow. uh, it it was able to um you know it's got anti-inflammatory properties and was able to avoid triggering these flare-ups that were, were so disruptive um to my life so 
um, that at this point, when I team up with Dan, I've been following this diet for years now, right? I'm, I'm eating yeah. this way. I'm kind of like a, like a health nut. And um, so that's just, that's just kind of happening in my personal life. Not, I'm not really thinking much about it uh, on, on the business front. And Dan and I are working on the meal kit line. Um, and together we went through developing the line and we ended up teaming up with a number of grocery stores across the country um, and got up to about 2000 stores, mostly with private label programs was kind of our focus, helping stores create their own programs to compete with like the Blue Aprons and HelloFresh mm -hmm. uh, meal kit companies of the world. And we had some, we had some real traction to the point where we were going to open our own manufacturing facility. And once we started breaking ground and, and laying that out, it was, things had, had changed a little bit in that first off him and I had been working together for a few years. Uh, we knew each other a lot better. Uh, the market had evolved a bit. Um, people started to care more about health. Uh, mm -hmm. Lifestyle diets took off like paleo and keto. When I started paleo, it was like a, a niche thing that nobody had ever really heard of. It was very yeah. rare to find someone who was eating that way. But more, more importantly, just a, just a, um, alignment of what was bad for you was was emerging so people started to all agree that processed foods and sugar and uh, harmful fats and hydrogenated oils and all of all of these factors that were essentially non-factors in the paleo diet because you avoided them all yeah. were um, causing these health issues in the country so here i am eating this way we're about to have this factory um, or at our disposal more capabilities more flexibility more capacity and um and then we're, we're paying attention to the consumer whose whose perception is changing around health and there's this real passion around health and and dan and i would go to the food shows and we'd have uh, be showing the meal kits at the, at the food expos across the country and the most popular one became the natural products show and in just this excitement around this arm of the industry yeah and dan was a big thinker and to, at that point, it was, uh, you know, I started having ideas around that. It was, it was so easy to, to share them with him and see if he wanted to team up on them. And he was instantly in. It was, it was like, why don't we take a, some of the capacity in our new plan and really focus on trying to change the world? Look at the, the people are getting sicker. For whatever reason, we have this weird oxymoron where you have an increase in awareness about what people need to eat. However, you still see rates of obesity and uh, diabetes on the rise. Uh, it's not a awareness problem. For sure. And what him and I identified was it's a execution problem, actually pulling it off and, and working clean eating habits into your day-to-day -day life. That's the challenge for people. Thank you to the generations before us that educated um, you know, educated folks on, on what to eat and why to eat it. Now it's up for, to us to take the baton and come up with food products that actually make it, make it possible to, to eat better in your daily life. So that was the core idea. Wow. And then, uh, and he instantly was in and was like, let's give it a shot. And then it was up to us to, to figure out how to pull it off. Amazing. So what made you conclude on self naming the company at the time, Kevin's Natural Foods, was it your previous experience that just kind of correlates the natural story very well? Or where did that come from? It, it did kind of come from there. It was, uh, it's, so we had everything for the launch of the company teed up, mm -hmm. except for the name. Okay. <laughs> 
were, we were struggling with the name and here's why we had this big vision and we still do. And it's even more, it's, it feels like it, it is in our grasp these days. And the big vision was we don't just want to go in and take people who are already going to eat healthy and make it easier for them and make money off them. Yeah. We actually want to take folks that want to eat healthy, but can't do it today and and get then pull them into this world of kind of clean eating by by making it easy and making it delicious and so with that in mind the name was really important and at first we were playing around with all these uh, like paleo specific names because we were going to have all these paleo and keto certified products Mm -hmm. and they was like i don't know what were some of the outtakes like a stone plate or something (laughs) caveman related and we have focus groups uh, this will come up a bit in our story we live and die by focus groups we have uh, we have them frequently and we love bringing uh, prospective customers in and having them cook the products and give us feedback on anything and everything and we were in focus groups and we were testing the names out and they were all tanking (laughs) and in at one point in the focus group they asked why did you guys even get into this and my story that I told you had come up and they're like well and it was funny. It was like the customers were picking the name for us. They were like, mm. if you think about it, you have these other brands that are named after people's first names. You have like Dave's Killer Bread and, yeah. you know, whatever what it, you see it all the time nowadays. And in, and back in the day, it used to be folks' last name, like Campbell's and Kellogg's. And so why don't you just call it Kevin's? And they gave us the idea and we gave it a shot and uh, it turned out to work out great. Amazing. So you launched officially in 2019. What were your first products offered at launch? Launch. So at launch, we started with a, um, the, the very first product ever was lemongrass chicken. And we sold it at a division of our local Costco store. So of the Bay Area Costco region, they gave us a shot. Uh, we had known them from from the when we were launching the uh, the meal kits and they said wow this is an interesting product we're going to give you a shot and the the item we actually had a number of items at the time that we were going to be bringing to market and they they chose lemongrass chicken and it was uh it's still one of our core items and the category in general these chicken entrees have become um just by far our best selling items and what we ended up doing was we wanted to make sure, if, if you look at the brand and how it's been structured, mm-hmm. we really identified three core attributes that we have to deliver on. And we looked at the marketplace and said, there's a lot of brands delivering on two of the three. And if we could deliver on all three, then we could truly help people. And that was, it had to be convenient. That's kind of cost of entry, but it had to be healthy, like a ridiculous health standards. On top of that, and here's the X factor. The flavor has to hit. Yeah. It has to be better than an unhealthy product. If it tastes better than an un- unhealthy product and is convenient, you will help people. Mm-hmm. So with that in mind, we needed the chicken to be amazing and it had to taste amazing. So we came up with this idea of using the sous vide cooking technique. Have you ever heard of sous vide cooking? I haven't, no. It's, it's sous vide stands for under vacuum in French. It was invented by the French. Okay. And um, they, what you do is you vacuum pack the product in this, in this case is chicken while it's still raw and you cook it in a water bath at a very, very precise temperature. And it's usually a low temperature for a long period of time. Hmm. And what happens is it's absolutely impossible to overcook the meat. The meat, the chicken is like perfectly cooked and it's, 
been cooking in its own juices. So it's incredibly moist and tender. So we ended up investing in sous vide equipment for the production facility. And we cook the chicken low and slow. So it's just the perfect uh, consistency and perfect texture and moisture level. And so that was a huge game changer for us. Embracing sous vide cooking allowed us to make sure that you're pre-preparing the food, you're getting the shelf life you need to do. It's cooked, so it's convenient. You could just heat it, but you're actually improving the quality of the meat when you cook it, as opposed to most other prepared foods where you're kind of, yeah, you're pre-cooking it, but it's going to be a little drier when you reheat it, or it's not going to yeah. taste perfect. You know, so in the lemongrass chicken meal, you had the sous vide chicken. So you have this ultra tender chicken and then the sauce and the sauce is the X factor from a flavor standpoint. We took all these traditional sauce recipes and we um, made them clean, but without taking away the flavor, which sounds easy to say in a sentence, but is definitely one of the hardest things to pull off in a development kitchen. Yeah. So you take something like lemongrass sauce, we made it with uh, coconut milk, there's no dairy in it, and we couldn't use any cane sugar, and we couldn't use any cornstarch. So we had to sub out for ingredients that would be paleo friendly and keto friendly, and we would use things like monk fruit and combine it with coconut, uh, coconut sugar and uh, unrefined sugars like that. And um, we would use tapioca starch instead of cornstarch. And we basically had to, had to redesign these sauces. So I could, I could serve it to you and you would not be able to tell the difference from a version that was made with all these traditional ingredients and uh, wouldn't be nearly as healthy. Yeah. And put those two things together, the sous vide chicken and the, uh, in, in our paleo keto certified sauce. And you have lemongrass chicken that you created uh, or that you cooked up in five minutes that tastes like you just ordered it at a gourmet restaurant. Wow. And we didn't know what the members were going to think about it. But uh, after about two weeks of sales, Costco said, uh, could you pull up all of the POs that we have and give me some more of this chicken? Wow. So that was the first <laughs> indicator that we uh, were off to the races and it was, it was res resonating and hitting home. That's amazing. So I'm really curious on the prototyping process of this first product. So how did you end up measuring both the taste and the effectiveness at the, at the same time to have that harmony? So what we would do is <laughs> Dan is, Dan is the flavor guy. I'm the health guy. <laughs> that yes. was the, that was the combo. He has been making products taste good for you know decades. And that's, that's what he brought to the table for me. I, I got to set the, the health, uh, the nutrition standards. And that's, that was, I was the litmus test. Then together, um, we would, uh, work with our chef. We had a corporate chef as well. Uh, still do. Um, he's actually been working with Dan since like 85, just mm. long-term relationship. Yeah. Um, great guy. And, um, we would work on these recipes and we would start with a conventional recipe and they would come to me and say, all right, what, what could we sub for this? What could we sub for that? And we would work out what ingredients they could use. Uh, we'd come up with a prototype on paper. We'd run the nutritionals, make sure it met the standards, tweak, tweak, tweak. And then we would start cooking it and we would just taste over and over and over again until the sauce was perfect. And uh, same thing on the sous vide side. I mean, there's a starting point, but um, you know, there's different time, time and cooking temps you could use, different marinades you could use. And it was just all a matter of uh, tinkering with it 
until you were completely happy with it, then we would get the consumer involved back to the focus group. Here's a prototype we're happy with. Let's actually bring three prototypes, one that has uh, you know, a longer cooking time on the chicken, maybe they like it a little firmer, one that has you know, a touch more herb in the lemongrass or a touch more heat. Mm-hmm. And we would serve them all, they would cook them, and then we would talk about them. And we would just keep doing that round and round until we were perfectly happy with the outcome. Got it. So once you first launched this product, what did your marketing um, look like at this time? Our, <laughs> we, the product had to work without marketing. That was how we started it. The product had to go on the shelf and move without any external marketing if it was ever going to take off as fast as we wanted it to. So the majority of the marketing muscle went into making sure that it got noticed on the shelf. So if you look at our package, it's, it's dark white and then a really big hero shot of the food that took, it took a long time to figure out what we were going to do there. And what we ended up what we ended up starting with is like anybody from a common sense standpoint is our package needs to be loud, right? Cause people are going to be zipping around the perimeter of the store. They got to notice it and it's got to jump off the shelves. So we would take prototype packaging um, that we would design and go and mock it up and, and put it up in the set at the store and take pictures and evaluate. And the louder we made that package, the more it blended in because the supermarket mm. is so loud. Yeah. And there's so many different products vying for your attention at some point we had the idea, why don't we just embrace, you know, the, the white space and maybe that will actually make it stand out more. And, uh, it turns out it did. And it had a nice, um, it had a nice, you know, kind of side effect of also looking very clean and natural. It was, it when we stumbled on it, we're like, that's it. It jumps off the shelf. Yeah. You see it and it, and it's a great way to represent a food forward, healthy brand. So uh, that was the first big kind of marketing push is make sure you can go on the shelf and fly off without doing anything. Then over time, it became, we need to, we need to stoke the fire however we can while we grow enough sales and distribution to really put some marketing behind this stuff. So um, then it became a matter of reaching out to, you know, people we saw posting about our product and working with influencers and sending, uh, sending, um, sending them samples. And then we got our e-com um, uh, a side up, we got our website up and added e-com functionality and we're able to start selling direct to people. So then we mm. have the ability to start doing some paid advertising, more uh, public relations work, um, because we had uh, no matter where you lived, we can get you the product. And yeah. uh, that was big for us because it also allowed us to um, ag- convert people to a sale. So if we were going to advertise, now we can cover some of the advertising costs because we didn't have to hope that you'd remember our brand and pick it up the next time you're in the supermarket. We could actually just market directly to you and then convert you to drive sales on our, our site. And then the more you have experience with our, with our product, the more likely you are to buy it in our retail partners as well. Amazing. So I saw that you have, or you acquired 6,000 retail locations in just 12 months. I was wondering how did you lock in such a mass amount of locations being such a young company? Because I understand that store buyers, um, you have to kind of differentiate your company, especially in the food industry, and they can be tough to get a spot. So how did you acquire these spots? So what we would do, we had a couple of things going in our favor. One is um, we had capacity to to make the goods, to fill the orders. So Mm -hmm. When you go and you're presenting to a supermarket, you're able to say, we have our own production facility, it has all the right certifications, and we have 
um, and we have the ability to grow and service your account. Even, even when you're young and in, you have uh, some kind of experience and pedigree and reputation of being able to manufacture, that, that really helps in the early days. Yeah. Then the rest of it is, is the proof is in the pudding. So we would go and before the pandemic, we were just, we would live on the road. Uh, that was, that was kind of my, my zone was getting out and, and recruiting the retailers and we would uh, go and we would just do cuttings like, like most, most presentations and they liked the product. They liked the idea. It was, it was the right time for the product because mm -hmm. that the product lives uh, in most traditional retailers it lives in what's what's called the HMR category. And that's a that's a refrigerated entree zone in the stores that's known for convenience, but has been kind of ignored from an innovation standpoint. There hasn't been many healthy options that that have kept that uh, that set exciting. So the, the retailer was actually it was like music to their ears. They were so receptive because they were like, here's a company that took the time to come up with something that's um, that's really solving a lot of problems for my customers. They're trying to eat, eat better and they don't have a lot of time and they want it to taste good. Mm -hmm. And then at the same time, there's a section in the store that I have that I manage if I'm the buyer for, for that particular store. Yeah. And I don't have a lot of options that align with my corporate strategy because there's not a supermarket out there that's not trying to deliver healthy products at a value to their customers right now. So mm -hmm. it sounds, it was definitely an undertaking from a getting out, getting the appointments, um, making sure the product performs and in and, and selling it definitely took a sales push but the real work was in the positioning of the product uh one more comment on this is we really took the retailer to heart when we were developing the line so mm -hmm. and that's something i encourage anybody um that, that wants to distribute uh through through wholesale and sell it sell it retail um there are make or break attributes that will make it either um easy or hard for them to say yes to you. So we had to have the case pack right. And we had to have the right amount of shelf life. We had to have a cost structure that gave them enough margin without scaring away their customers. So we really put a lot of work into thinking about what the retailer needs out of this program to be able to say yes mm. without hesitation. Amazing. So you mentioned the e-commerce launch. I was wondering logistically, how is your product shipped to customers direct to consumer? Because it's refrigerated, there's uh, they come in a cardboard box with insulation and ice packs. So you turn, you're essentially turning a cardboard box into a little refrigerator, and and sending it to people's homes. So the key there for us was um, being by having bi coastal uh, di uh, distribution. So we have a fulfillment center on the east coast that ships your products if you live on on the eastern half of the United States, and one on the west coast that ships them if you live on the western half. Okay, got it. So looking at Kevin's Natural Foods today, what would you say separates your brand from competitors? By far, it's the ability to align these three core attributes. Hmm. There is, you're just hard pressed to find um, brands or any type of solutions out there, even if it's not, even if it's just a recipe that you're trying to make, it's so hard to find a brand that delivers on convenience, health and flavor that for us has been the, and that is our ultimate litmus test. And we're just finding more and more ways to do it. How could we continue to deliver on all three of those attributes with, uh, you know, expanding our line. We recently launched um, 
side dishes. We started with the protein entrees and we ended up talking to our customers and just paying attention. And folks on Instagram, for example, would always take our, our chicken entrees and serve them over rice cauliflower <laughs> and come to find out there's no refrigerated heat and eat rice cauliflower offerings out there. So we were, we created one and that snowballed into calling mac and cheese and mashed sweet potatoes and all sorts of grain free mm-hmm. plant-based sides. But point being is we just run it through that same lens hit on all three of those attributes over and over again and continue to focus on a meaningful mission. So we're never going to give up on just talking to the consumer and trying to learn what is their barriers? Are there other barriers we're not thinking of now that we need to cover? You know, we're, mm-hmm. we're going to be launching like a cookbook and, and even a pan. We'd have people bring pans to their focus group and they would spend all this money on these fancy pans that were thin and the heat didn't disperse right and they would burn the food and there was harmful chemicals in them. So we're making Kevin's clean pan because that's what our customers oh, wow. said they wanted. Awesome. They gave us the permission to make it. You know? Yeah. So I like to conclude each episode with this, if you could share one piece of advice with an aspiring entrepreneur, what would that be? Maybe something you've learned or regret, just anything. By far, um, for me, there's been this, this combo that has, that has worked out. And that is whatever I'm into, I become (laughs) relatively obsessed with it. You know, if it was advertising, that was my thing, health and nutrition, that was it. Uh, food manufacturing that that's it you have to really plunge into whatever it is that you're taking on. And what that does is it becomes infectious and people want to then help you, which is really the, the, the core of the advice is that there are people that I have met that I would have no shot of progressing in, in, in my career or entrepreneurship or whatever, whatever it is mm-hmm. without the help of these different people I've met throughout throughout my life. I mean, I learned so much from, from everybody that I've worked with and keeping an eye out for that and just making sure that when, when those opportunities, opportunities to learn from other people present themselves, that you're all ears and you're listening and you're, you're sure. ready to take the advice. For sure. Well, Kevin, thank you so much for joining me. And to the listeners out there, make sure to check out Kevin's Natural Foods at kevinsnaturalfoods.com. Thanks. Appreciate it. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of Starting Small. If you would, leave a review on whatever platform you're listening on. Also, follow Starting Small Pod on social platforms to keep up to date on future guests.